by making up for lost time. Jake, I don't understand why we're going to this. It's obviously one of Lenny's scams. Ah, trust me, McLean. I know it's a scam. I knew from the minute Lenny told us about this used car dealership. So why are we here? Because the theme of this week's episode of Yesterday Today, bringing you the best at yesterday's radio today, is cars. Cars. Automobiles, hot rods, jaunty jalopies, coupes, Cadillacs, and Corvettes. The American love affair with cars is legendary and worthy of our attention. So... The theme of the show is cars, so you're going to let Lenny scam us. Well, no, I'm not here to fall for any of Lenny's schemes, but his used car dealership has the potential to serve as a great backdrop for the episode. Sure. Well, this is the address he said it was at, but all I see is an empty warehouse. Well, it must be the place. There's a sign right there for Lucky Lenny's Low-Priced Luxury Vehicles. Oh, yeah. He misspelled vehicles. Well, that confirms it. Let's go in. Opening a used car dealership in an abandoned warehouse is definitely something Lenny would do. I'm surprised he hasn't done it sooner, actually. Uh, hello? Lenny? Anybody here? Oh, hey! Sorry, fellas. Thought that was the rats I heard. Didn't realize you two were here. Welcome to Lucky Lenny's Low-Priced Luxury Vehicles. What kind of car do you folks have in mind? Whoa, easy, Lenny. I want to make it clear right off the bat that we have zero intention of purchasing a car today, used or otherwise, from you. We're just here to take in, uh, take in the environment of the car dealership and talk a little about automobiles for the show. Hey, that's okay by me. Nothing like a little free advertising to get the word out. It'll bring in some foot traffic to the dealership here. Yeah, are you sure you can really call it a dealership? This is just an empty warehouse. I don't even see any cars. Oh, don't let the sort of rustic, industrial aesthetic of our business here fool you. We're a very legitimate car dealership with very real and very legal vehicles. Yes, all the legitimate businesses point out that their products are real and legal. As for our inventory, we keep our cars spaced throughout the warehouse. Trying to create a real showroom type of look? No, we were just worried about the weight of the cars breaking through the floorboards. Oh, great. Well... As we tour Lucky Lenny's low-priced luxury vehicles, folks, let's get the first part of our show started. I have some old 1930s-era songs about cars and driving and whatnot. Say, you folks are all caught up on your tetanus shots, right? A couple once were seated in a little motor car. They were sweethearts, and they didn't care who knew. They were holding hands together as the motor loudly roared, and the price of gas went up to 62. He was an automobile mechanic, working steady throughout the year. And in terms of his profession, he whispered in her ear, Will you love me when my carburetor's busted? Will you love me when I cannot shift my gears? When my spark plug is as dead as Kelsey's doorknob And my clutch begins to slip, will you shed tears? Will you love me when my old exhaust gets noisy? Will you love me when my pump is on the blink? By heck, when my fender has a dent 
and my piston rod is bent. Will you love me when my flipper is a wreck? Will you love me when my fuel pipe is empty? Will you love me when my rear end's worn and torn? Will you love me when my rim rods old and rusty? Will you love me when I cannot blow my horn? Will you love me when my inner tube is busted? Will you love me when my tank begins to leak? By heck, when the junk man says no use and my nuts and bolts are loose. Will you love me when my flipper is a wreck? Tusky woodsky, yet the do ya hippity tottenty toe. I didn't kiss 
and we kept riding around in the rain. And then he held my hand, but I didn't understand, and it all seemed so in vain. And then I answered, yes, I found my happiness riding around in the rain. June night, and don't look for moonlight, and don't linger down in lovers' lane. Wait and pick a night, a dark and stormy night, and go riding around in the rain. I recall the night the stars were bright, we were riding around in the rain. He asked me for a kiss, but I said, I don't kiss, riding around in the rain. In your community, there's a showroom that's unusually crowded these days. If you've passed that showroom, you've probably noticed the crowds. And if you've stopped and entered, you know why the crowds are there. To see a new car, a beautiful new car. They're there to see the all-new 1949 Mercury. And the Mercury showroom in your community is not extraordinary. Hundreds of thousands of people have crowded showrooms from coast to coast to see not just a new model but the all-new 1949 Mercury. They came to see a car that is really new, from the first graceful line on the blueprint to the outstanding performance it delivers on the road. And reports from all over the nation show that they liked it. The Lincoln Mercury division of the Ford Motor Company planned, designed, and built the 1949 Mercury with the idea of creating all-new beauty, comfort, and performance for you. The 1949 Mercury was planned to give you an all-new driving experience, designed to give you all-new handsome appearance and pleasure in riding, built to give you all-new pride in owning a big and beautiful car. That's why Mercury has a powerful new eight-cylinder V-type engine built exclusively for Mercury, a new, more rugged chassis, new springing, new super-balloon tires and wider, safer rims, new, more comfortable interiors, and all-new beauty and style. The 1949 Mercury was created by one of the world's foremost builders of fine cars to give you new pleasure and pride. Today, at any Mercury showroom, you can see for yourself the result of that planning and building. Visit the Mercury showroom in your community and see not just a new model, but the all-new 1949 Mercury.
come away with me, Lucille, in my merry old mobile. Down the road of life we'll fly, automobubbling you and I. To the church we'll swiftly steal, then our wedding bells will peal. You can go as far as you like with me in my merry Oldsmobile. Bubbling you and I to the church we'll swiftly steal. Then our wedding bells are going to peal. You can go as far as you like with me in my merry Oldsmobile. Maybe we're ragged and funny, but we'll 
When you give the wearing parts of your car good protection, that helps it stay young and act young a long, long time. So give your automobile the modern method of lubrication, Gulflex registered lubrication. Here's why. First, expert Gulflex operator works from a master chart of your model car, thus protects each wearing point in the chassis and body. Second, the Gulflex man uses not just one or two greases, but six special lubricants, especially developed by lubrication authorities. And third, here's proof of how good these lubricants are. In recent tests by Gulf engineers, Gulflex chassis lubricant, for instance, stayed in the shackles 30% better and lubricated nearly 100% longer than the average of competitive products tested. So get Gulflex registered lubrication, a much better than usual grease job at no extra cost. Remember, too, that your good Gulf dealer is also ready with splendid motor oils and gasolines, such as Gulf No-Nox gasoline, the extra-value gasoline that has been especially designed to stop harmful pounding and hammering inside your engine. Make it a habit to stop regularly at your neighborhood good Gulf dealers, your headquarters for making your car last longer. Of course, if you do choose to buy one of our cars, we have to have you sign a warranty that releases us from all legal liability should anything happen to you while driving the vehicle. That seems pretty standard, definitely not suspicious. Exactly! Uh, welcome back to Yesterday Today. We're saluting the American Automobile today as uh, McClellan and I tour Lenny's used car dealership. Used is kind of putting it lightly. Lenny, some of these cars don't even look like they would start. Oh, well, some of them don't start, but people love project cars. Right. Looks like you're also selling used scrap metal, huh? What do you mean? That pile of junk over there in the corner. Oh, no, that's another one of our project cars. I tell you what, if that one doesn't sell soon, I might just buy it myself to fix it up. Isn't she just a beauty? I can't really make out a definite shape of the car, but I'm sure she is. Lenny, I don't think this is really your most impressive business venture. Yeah, your inventory of cars is kind of, well... Eh, garbage. They're garbage. Mm, that's it. Literal trash. Well, 
I can see you two just don't know what you're talking about. I'll have you know I run a highly respectable little business here. You just aren't car guys. Hello? Anybody in here? Why, that sounds like a customer now. We're in here! Hey, that sounds like, uh... Hello there. I, uh, I'd like to buy a car. Frank? What? No, I, I mean, who? I, I don't know who that is. That isn't me. That's not my name. I'm, uh, Bartholomew. Bartholomew Kensington. I'm a man with a lot of disposable income and a passion for used, low-priced luxury vehicles, and, well, I happen to currently be in the market for one. That's the story here. But you're... Quit harassing the man. You've come to the right place, Kensington. We have a fantastic assortment of vehicles that's just, uh, fantastic. All kinds of cars. Big ones, little ones. Ones that drive, ones that don't drive. Red ones, blue ones. Like I said, all kinds. Is there anything in particular you're looking for? No, not particular. I'm just, uh, browsing. I'd like to closely examine each one of your vehicles and take notes about the serial numbers and license plates if it's not too much trouble. The serial numbers and license plates? Ah, uh, I'm superstitious. I always look at those when I'm buying a car. Yeah, I bought a car with a 13 and a plate number one time and I ended up sliding off the road. <laughs> I don't want that to happen again. Oh, right, of course, of course. Come right this way, Kenzie. We've got a fine selection of cars with all sorts of number combinations. All right, great. Hey, do you mind if I adjust for fingerprints, too? It helps me get an idea of how many owners the car has had. Go right ahead. Thank you, thank you. I assume these are the cars over here. I like the look of that Ford. I'm just going to open up the trunk and see what's inside you of know, it. If I didn't know any better, I'd say our detective buddy Frank was on some kind of undercover operation. Wouldn't surprise me if Lenny was dealing hot cars. Well, hot scrap piles, anyway. Up next on the show, folks, we have an episode of Burns and Allen, in which uh, Gracie gets into a little bit of an accident. So enjoy that. By transcription. Another cup of Maxwell House coffee, George? Sure, pour me a cup, Gracie. You know, Maxwell House is always good to the last <laughs> drop. That drop's good, too. Yes, it's Maxwell House coffee time, starring George Burns and Gracie Allen. <laughs> With our special guest, Richard Widmark, yours truly, Toby Reed, B. Benadera, Joseph Kearns, Harry Lubin, the Maxwell House Orchestra, and Bill Goodwin. For America's Thursday night's comedy enjoyment, it's George and Gracie. And for America's everyday coffee-drinking enjoyment, it's Maxwell House. The coffee that's bought and enjoyed by more people than any other brand at any price. Yes, Maxwell House, always good to the last drop. Well, this morning, Gracie asked George if she could drive the car downtown. George said no, as usual. So Gracie took it anyway, as usual. The car is now in the repair shop, having the dents taken out of the fenders, as usual. And Gracie is being cross-examined by a suspicious George. Gracie, where's the car? The car? Yeah, where is it? Where is what? The car. Our car? Our car. The one with the windshield wiper? The one with the windshield wiper. Where is it? On the windshield. See you later. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I want to know where the car is. George, have you heard the joke about the moron who threw the Chinese midget downstairs? 
Gracie, what... I'm all on through it. Time he's me downstairs because he wanted to pick a little woo. <laughs> Have you heard it? Yes. I bet it's funny. Tell it to me. Gracie, I want to know where the car is. I went out to the garage and it's not there. Somebody stole our garage, huh? <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell the police. Come back here. Now, what happened to the car? Oh, all right. I had a little accident. It's at the shop being fixed. The fenders again? Yeah. Dents? I'd love to turn on the music. <laughs> Look, I don't feel like dancing. <laughs> Do the fenders have dents? Now, please. <laughs> what happened? Well, I wasn't to blame, George. Another car ran right into me. Who was driving it? Nobody. It was parked. <laughs> A parked car ran into you? Now, isn't that typical California driving? <laughs> they can't even control their cars when they're not in them. Yes, it's simply awful. No wonder the National Safety Council says don't be a racist. Do you know whose car you hit? Yes, I took his name and address off the registration slip in case I decided to sue him. Look, Gracie, the accident was your fault. Now, you go over to this man's house and settle with him. Settle with him and leave you? No, 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 not leave me. <laughs> I mean, settle for the damage you did. What's his name? Well, it's here on this slip of paper. I'll run up and change clothes. I, I want to look my best when I talk business with a man. <laughs> what a woman. Well, let's see who she hit. Richard Widmark. Richard Widmark. Say, he's the movie villain. Killer. Hey, this gives me an idea. I hope Widmark remembers me. Hate to ask him for a favor if he doesn't know. Yes? Mr. Widmark? Yes, I'm Richard Widmark. Remember me? We, uh, we met at the Friars Club. No, I can't place you. We played bridge together. Uh, gee, I don't remember. You won $2.40 from me. Well, uh, I, I'm sorry. I still don't place you. I never paid you the money. George Burns. That's me. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm afraid my wife ran into your car this morning. Oh, is she the one? Yeah. Well, she's a menace to the road. My car was parked. I know, I know. Dick. I want you to do me a favor. Scare my wife so she'll stop driving. Scare her? Yeah, you know, you're the screen's greatest menace. So when Gracie comes over to see you, go into your killer act and frighten the daylights out of her. Oh, no, no, George. That's just for the movies. That character's creeping into my private life too much as it is. It's getting so mothers frighten their children by saying Richard Widmark will get you. But, but Dick... You don't know what it's like to have people scream and run away the minute they see your face. Huh. On second thought, maybe you do. <laughs> Come on, Dick. You'll be doing a great favor to every driver in town. Well, look, why don't you just tell her not to drive the car? What's the matter? Don't you wear the pants in your family? I not only don't wear the pants, I have trouble keeping on the shorts. <laughs> well, I'd do it, George, but my producer, Fred Colmar, is coming over to discuss a new picture with me. Well, it won't hurt anything if he sees the act. Gracie has got to be taught a lesson. Uh, well, all right. If it'll stop your wife from driving, it's worth it. Well, now, when Gracie gets over here, just pour it on. And uh, be sure to use that vicious laugh of yours. It'll frighten her out of her mind. You leave it to me, George. I'll give her the full treatment. Hello, Dick. Am I early? Oh, hello, Fred. No, you're okay. 
Mr. Colmar, may I oh, introduce... Oh, we, uh, we know each other. We do? Yeah. We met at the Friars Club. Oh, really? Yeah. We played bridge together, remember? No, I'm afraid I don't. You won $4.20 from me. Oh, I still can't recall your name. He never did pay you. George Byrne. <laughs> well, I'll be running along before Gracie gets here. Hey, how about paying us our bridge money? Oh, gee, I'll be glad to, but all I got with me is cash. <laughs> See you fellas later. What a character. Well, Fred, how does the script for the new picture look? Sensational, Dick. This will be your greatest role since you played Tommy Udo and Kiss of Death. Why, at the finish, it takes 15 policemen to kill you. Hey, hey, wait a minute. It might take 15 policemen to kill a guy like Humphrey Bogart, but uh, I'm no Bogart. No? No. I want 20 policemen. <laughs> well, you shall have them. Oh, you're really going great guns, Dick. You just won the popularity poll at the Hatchapay. The Hatchapay? That's a women's prison, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, the inmates voted you the man they'd most like to be in solitary with. <laughs> Gee, I'm flattered. Uh-oh, that must be Mrs. Burns. Now, get a load of this, Fred. I'm going into my killer character and scare the daylights out of her. Dick, have a heart. The poor woman will faint dead away. Uh, what's the idea? She bumped into my car, and her husband wants me to teach her a lesson. Okay, but I better get the smelling salts ready. Now, watch this. Mr. Widmark? Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm Mrs. Burns. I'm the person who ran into your car. You are, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you're not angry. Hey, Fred. Get a load of that good-looking skirt. Oh, do you like it? You know, it, it could be a little longer, but I'm not much at sewing. The, the, the blouse is nice, too, don't you think? This is what they call a peasant blouse. Can't it? it uh-huh. Button it up. Oh. Oh, all right. <laughs> Say, it does look better buttoned all the way. Oh, you certainly know a lot about women's clothes. Are you a dressmaker? Dressmaker? I knew your face looked familiar. Do you work for Adrian or, or Kelly? Look, lady, I'm a crook. Oh, you're in business for yourself, huh? <laughs> with that. I've had a record since I was six years old. That's when I made my first slip. Ma, you started sewing early. <laughs> hey, Fred. Fred, look who thinks I'm a dressmaker. <laughs> <laughs> what are you laughing at? What are you laughing at? Nothing. Well, that's good enough for me. <laughs> Oh, and uh, now about your car. My husband will be glad to give you the money to fix it. I don't want his money. He'll have to pay me in blood. In, in blood? Yeah. They call me Widmark the Butcher. Oh. Oh, no, I think you better take his money. They call him Burns the Turnip. <laughs> oh, a wife's name, huh? Hey, Fred, give me a knife. There's a smart little skirt here I'm going to work on. Oh, would you? You know, I think if you let out the hem a little and put the husband Quiet! What are you trying to do? Give me the needle. Well, if you like, I'll even thread it for you. You know what I'd like to do to you? No, what? I'd like to take you for a ride. Oh, please. I'm a married woman. <laughs> and, and even if I weren't, I, I haven't necked for years. I, I'd be awfully dull. When I take a dame for a ride, we don't neck. Ah, you're pretty dull yourself. <laughs> I'm talking about a one-way ride. 
I think I'll take you and your husband both. Oh, now that would make a doubt. He's worse than either of us. <laughs> what in the world would you do with it? <laughs> What are you laughing at this time? What are you laughing at? Nothing. Oh, gee, George will love you. You, you must sit in our audience some night. <laughs> now, listen, I guess you don't know who you're talking to. Well, you know, I've been trying to place you. Where is your dressmaking shop? I haven't got one! <laughs> you work at home, huh? I must tell the ladies in my club about you. You know, you're a sweet, kind man, and you deserve all the business I can throw your way. Look, lady, you got me all wrong. I sew people up in sacks. Sacks? Oh, that's a lovely story. <laughs> but I'll send the girls here so you can make a little money on the side. Toodaloo. Well, it's a good thing I got the smelling salts ready. Uh, here, have a whiff, killer. Could Burns have sent her over here just to rib me? Oh, no, no, he wouldn't dare do that. But why didn't she faint? I gave her the laugh and everything. Dick, maybe I better get Bogart for this picture. Oh, now, Fred, you wouldn't do that. I'll be great in the picture. Sure. I can just hear the moviegoers when they see your name on the marquee. Well, let down my hem. It's Killer Widmar. <laughs> Wait till I get my hands on Burns. <laughs> when you hear the bright 2-4 rhythm of these unbeatable show tunes. Of course, rhythm is only one line on the conductor's score. For many musical elements must be skillfully combined to bring you the music you love at its best. Now lend an ear while we demonstrate. Here's a top tune from one of the greatest shows of all time. But can you recognize it from just this mellow harmony? Now we'll blend in a rich counter-melody. And suppose we now add the vigorous rhythm. Well, if you're still puzzled, let's complete this lovely and familiar song by adding the melody. Yes, harmony, counter-melody, rhythm and melody. Not one, but many musical parts all skillfully blended into one rich, harmonious orchestration of Jerome Kern's ever-popular Why Do I Love You. And friends, it takes the same skill in blending to create America's favorite brand of coffee, rich, heartwarming Maxwell House coffee. No other coffee but Maxwell House brings you this mellow, satisfying, good-to-the-last-drop flavor. And naturally, there's a reason. To create this world-famous flavor... Our Maxwell House experts combine not one, but many superb varieties of highland-grown Latin American coffees. With care and skill, they select fine Monazelli's coffees for mellowness. 
For extra richness, they add medallions. Then for vigor, they add other choice coffees to the Maxwell House blend. And finally, for fine full body, they add Bucaramanga's. All perfectly blended into one great coffee, radiant roasted to the peak of flavor perfection. And brought to you vacuum-packed and roaster fresh. And because you folks on the West Coast really know and enjoy coffee at its best, Maxwell House is blended and roasted for you right here on the West Coast to satisfy your critical taste. So, friends, why settle for anything but the best in coffee-drinking pleasure? Tomorrow, enjoy the extra-flavor coffee, Maxwell House. Always good to the last drop. Well, what's the matter? You look surprised. You're so calm. I expected you to shake. Oh, I'm sorry. Stick out your hand. How do? How do? Yeah. I didn't mean that. Didn't Widmark scare you? That sweet little man? Of course not. Gracie, that sweet little man scares people stiff. Well, he might scare them stiff, but he's certainly sweet when he's sober. <laughs> He's so cute and jolly. You ought to hear him laugh. You know, if he weren't so skinny, he'd make a good Santa Claus. You found Richard Widmark cute and jolly? Mm Mm-hmm. After I left his house, I went around and told my club members to send their dresses so he can let down the hem. (laughs) Widmark lets down hems? Oh, he's been sewing all his life. Widmark? Mm -hmm. Well, that I never... Come in. Oh. Hello, Dick. We were just talking about you. Say, what are you two trying to do? Ruin me? Well, no, Mr. Widmark. We're sending you a lot of business. Burns, you started this. I ought to pin your ears back. Oh, no, don't do that. When he reads in the sun, they shade his book. (laughs) What uh, what do you saw about, Dick? Ever hear of the Beverly Hills Uplift Society? Yeah, that's Gracie's club. Well, three of the women, and when I call them women, I give them the benefit of the doubt, came by my house and left clothes for me to mend. Well? I'm not a dressmaker! Oh, did you give it up? Yeah, no. No, 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 look, Mrs. Burns, I have to rush to the studio. You go pick up your friend's clothing and return it to their respective caves. You won't fix them? No, my business is not stitches for witches. Now, here's the key to my house. There's nobody home. My wife's spending the day shopping. Goodbye. Hey, Dick. What? Why did you cross me up? You were supposed to scare my wife out of her mind. Brother, that's impossible. She's been gone from there for years. Widmark and put those dresses. Hmm. So hard to find things in a strange house. Well, hello. Hello. Who are you? I'm Mrs. Widmark. How did you get into my house? Your husband gave me a key. <laughs> How convenient. Yes, he didn't expect you to be here. <laughs> I'll bet he didn't. Well, I'll only 
wait a minute. I just came by to pick up the clothes the girls left here. <laughs> girls left their clothes here? Mm-hmm. Why are you surprised? That must happen all the time with a husband like yours. <laughs> well, I was about to look in this closet. Oh, yes. Your husband hung them in here. I'm glad he was tidy. <laughs> Let's see. This blue dress belongs to Blanche Morton, the gray one to Clara Bagley, and this big one is Maggie Eppinger's. There were three of them? Uh-huh. There would have been more, but we just found out about your husband this morning. <laughs> well, I'm just finding out about him now. After this, when I go shopping, I'll take King Solomon with me. <laughs> Wait till I get my hands on him. Why, you sound angry with him. I wish my husband had his ability. Oh, but you... you... <laughs> I know. You just can't teach old dogs new tricks. <laughs> Look, I think you better take these clothes and leave. All right. Tell your husband hello for me. When he comes home, you'll get a salad bowl right over his head. Well, after you cut his head, tell him hello. <laughs> Gracie, did you straighten everything out at Whitmarsh? Oh, yes, dear. I picked up the dresses and returned them. And I found out something about Mr. Whitmarsh. What? His wife cuts his hair. <laughs> no. She puts a salad bowl on his head. Well, good night. Yes. You, you must... He must have a large head. I, I use a sugar bowl on yours. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm glad you fixed everything. Whitmark seemed upset about something, and, uh... Come in. Oh, it's you again, Dick. Yes, it's me. Hey, you look upset. Is there anything I can do for you? Yeah. Drop this. <laughs> Uh, what's the matter? Now, look, this morning I had a nice, shiny car, a good job in pictures, and a loving, trusting wife. Now my car's dented, my job's gone, and my wife won't speak to me. Oh, you poor man. If you'd come to us sooner, we might have helped you. <laughs> look, Burns, I'm a peaceful man. I've never even killed a rat. But I'm starting now. Come here. I'm not answering. <laughs> I'm going to beat the stuffing out of you. Oh, that's not stuffing. That's all joy. <laughs> and you better not touch him. He fights like a wildcat. He does, huh? Yeah, he screams and scratches. Stay out of <laughs> Burns, I don't want to hit you in front of your wife. Let's step into the next room. I'd rather die here. <laughs> oh, George, you're not afraid of this dressmaker? Go in the den with him. Yeah. Ouch. Let go of me. You're hurting my arm. Stop dragging me. Stop dragging him, Mrs. Burns. <laughs> Thanks. I'll take him in there myself. What, Dick? Let's talk this over. Now, wait. Oh, George will kill him. He's as strong as an ox. He's twice as handsome. Oh, come in. Hi, Gracie. Is George around? Yes, Billy. He's in the den having a fight. What? That little coward? George isn't a coward. He never ran away from a fight in his life. Yeah, I know. He was always carried away. <laughs> hey, you're right. Maybe you better go in the den there and help him. Well, who's he fighting with? A bill collector? No, a dressmaker. Uh, at least he used to be. A dressmaker. 
I can handle him with one hand tied behind me and a cup of Maxwell House coffee in the other. Wait here and catch him as he comes flying out. Bill. Don't worry, George. I'll save you from this little hem-stitcher. Turn around and face me, buttons and bows. I want to give you a chance to defend yourself when I knock your teeth down your... Ooh. Richard Whitmark. Yeah. So you're going to knock my teeth out, huh? You're a big man. I like big men. They bounce when they hit the floor. <laughs> I fool everybody with these stilts. Bills. Bill, don't be a coward. Whitmar can't hurt us if we're together. Yeah, but he'll take us apart. <laughs> I'll see you later. Come back here. If you're a friend of Burns, I think I'll include you in the massacre. Stand up to him, Bill, old pal. Let go of me, stranger. If he's a stranger, what are you doing in his house? Uh, well, I'm a traveling salesman. Would you like to buy a farmer's daughter? Uh, I mean, uh... Bill. Bill. Huh? Admit you're my friend. Oh, so he is your friend. Oh, sure. He's on my radio program. He tells people how delicious and mellow Maxwell House coffee is. Don't you, Bill? Maxwell House coffee? What's that? What's that? Why, you stupid nitwit. <laughs> it's only the greatest coffee you ever tasted. Haven't you ever heard of the coffee that's good to the last drop? No, sir. This guy's a moron. I can't hit a moron. <laughs> Why can't I think of these things? What's Maxwell House? Why, that's like asking, what's baseball? It's the most popular brand of coffee in America. Didn't you ever taste Maxwell House coffee? Duh. <laughs> yeah, what a schmo. There's nothing like a cup of Maxwell House to start off a happy day. What do you do to start the day feeling happy? <laughs> ah, get out of here. You're a dope. I'm a dope. Some dope. Saved myself a beating and got him to do my work. See you later. <laughs> Gracie, I was lucky to get out of that alive. It wasn't until Bill left that I found out why Widmark was sore. You mean when I went to his house this morning, he was supposed to frighten me? Of course. He's the most sensational villain in the movies. And you made him look like a jerk in front of his producer. Well, I'll make it up to him. I'll go over and let him scare me right now. Oh, no, no, no. It's too late now. Oh, no, it isn't, George. Remember what Benjamin Franklin said? Well, what did he say? He said a lot of great things. Take your pick. Gracie, you're nuts. No, he didn't say that. <laughs> he, he doesn't even know me. I'll introduce you to Benny later, yeah. Well, I'll see you later, dear. I'm going over and let Mr. Widmark frighten me. Believe it or not, Fred, this whole thing worked out for the best. I'm glad I lost a part of the killer. Now, maybe you'll give me a crack at a romantic role, huh? You? A romantic role? Well, sure. That's what I did on Broadway before the movies made a villain out of me. I never liked playing killers anyway. Romance is my real racket. Oh, you couldn't handle a romantic role, Dick. All right, I'll prove it. Look, look, here comes Mrs. Burns up the walk. She even thought I was cute when I acted mean. When I turn on the charm, she'll think I'm a doll. Now, watch this, Fred. I'll make Gable look like a bum. Come in. 
Ah, Mrs. Byrne. Who need wait for spring now that you are here? The very flowers burst into bloom, warmed by the radiance of your beauty. I kiss your hand. <laughs> what is wrong? I want to take you in my arms. <laughs> Mrs. Burns, look at me. <laughs> Why, don't you find Mr. Widmark attractive? Mr. Widmark. Good, he's a nice fellow. I'm glad we straightened him out. Oh, yes, I guess he appreciates it, too. Here he comes up the walk with a present for you. A present? Mm-hmm. He must think you're quite an athlete. He's carrying a baseball bat. <laughs> Something tells me that's not a present. I'm going out the back way. George and Gracie will return in just a moment. Ladies and gentlemen, last year, 5,200,000 people suffered disabling accidents in their homes. Let's all remember to help the National Safety Council in its drive to prevent home accidents. Be safe. Be careful. Don't be a Gracie. Join us again next Thursday when we'll all be back. George Burns, Gracie Allen, Bill Goodwin, Harry Lubin, and the Maxwell House Orchestra, and yours truly, Toby Reed. And now, here are our stars. Well, Gracie, I talked to Widmark's producer and straightened everything out. He's back in the picture. Yes, I know. I drove him to the studio to start work. You, uh, you took the car? Again? Where is it? In the repair shop. <laughs> Dense again? What well, love to. Turn on the music. Good night. Do you like good things the easy way? Then get instant Maxwell House coffee. So good. So good. True coffee flavor and fragrance because instant Maxwell House is not a so-called coffee product. It's all pure Maxwell House coffee in instant form. And so easy. So easy. Instant Maxwell House means great coffee instantly in your cup. No fuss, no muss, no bother. Today, try instant Maxwell House. Instantly good to the last drop. Until next Thursday, good night and good luck from the makers of Maxwell House, America's favorite brand of coffee, always good to the last drop. Richard Widmark can currently be seen starring in the 20th Century Fox production, Down to the Sea and Ships. The George Burns and Gracie Allen Show is written by Paul Henning and Keith Fowler. Welcome back to Yesterday Today. We're wrapping up our salute to cars as we're getting ready to leave Lenny's, uh, Lenny's very shady, very shoddy used car dealership. 
Hang on, we can't leave yet. We have to see what Frankie's undercover investigation is all about. Hey, keep it down. You'll blow my cover. Ah, so you are undercover. Yeah, that's right. There's been reports all over town about stolen cars, and I have a feeling this Lenny character has something to do with it. This used car dealership of his popping up all of a sudden is mighty convenient. So that's why you were taking notes on license plates and serial numbers. Exactly. Nice deduction work. You could be a good detective yourself. I was collecting evidence. Yeah, I doubt I'll need it, though. I was having Lenny draw up some contract papers. When he gets back here, I'll reveal my true identity and my knowledge of his crimes and he'll confess. <laughs> he seems like a pretty easy nut to crack. Well, now's your chance. Here he comes. All right, now remember, you're just paying for the car. If you want the ties included, that'll cost extra. Yeah, all right, that's enough, buddy. I'm not really Bartholomew Kinsworth or whatever I said my cover name was. I'm Frankie Spork, Private Eye, and I'm onto this little stolen car operation of yours. Stolen car operation? That's absurd. I run a completely legitimate business, depending on your definition of legitimate. Ah, come on. You expect me to believe that? You're hawking hot cars, buddy. That's impossible. I built these cars myself. Ha, <laughs> that's what they all say. On second thought, I don't think anyone's ever used that excuse before. Sure, you think I'd get into the stolen car racket like some kind of chump? There's no money in that. I've been collecting scrap pieces of cars for months and sticking them all together. Here, look at this car here. A Ford steering wheel, a Buick hood ornament. Hey, I was really lucky to find that Cadillac hubcap. Wait, you built these yourself? I know how to weld. What of it? Oh, this would explain why all the cars had multiple serial numbers. And here I thought you were just selling really beat-up junkers. I didn't realize they were handcrafted original creations. Hey, when you put it like that, maybe I should be charging more for them. Well, there goes that lead. Ah, well, back to beating the pavement, I guess. Well, tough break, Frank. Ah, you're telling me. Hey, anybody got a cigarette? Actually, you really shouldn't smoke in here. Not all the gas tanks I built on my cars are completely sealed, as it were. Well, if you want more Yesterday Today, you can visit KISU.org or wherever you get your used, beat-up, scrapped podcasts. This has been Click and Clack, the Tappet Brothers, and remember, don't drive like my brother. <laughs> yeah, somebody out there will get that. Johnny O'Connor bought an automobile. He took his sweetheart for a ride one Sunday. Johnny was talked up in his best Sunday clothes. She nestled close to his side. Things went just dandy till he got down the road. Then something happened to the old machinery. That engine got his goat off with his hat and coat. Everything needed repairs. He'd have to get under, get out and get under to fix his little machine. He was just dying to cuddle his queen. But every minute when he'd begin it, he'd have to get under, get out and get under. Then he'd get back at the wheel. A dozen times they'd start to hug and kiss and then the darned old engine, it would miss and then he'd have to get under, get out and get under and fix up his automobile. Big 
Billionaire Wilson said to Johnny one day, Your little sweetheart don't appreciate.